What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files Bachelor in Paradise Recap Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda. And we have our special guest, Natasha Ray, is with us. Hello. Actor, singer, songwriter. What else do you do? Yeah, that's it. She's Actor, very good at all. Especially a new hit, new hit single, uh, Hurt Instead. Yes. Natasha has the voice of an angel. Thank uh, you. That's so nice. It's really quite good. Thank sometimes you. people will like Natalie introduced me to the song, and sometimes people are like, "Oh, like listen to this person sing." And as a non-singer, I have like, I'm very easily impressed. And then there's some people who, um, you know, because like if you can just like sing, right, I'm right, like, right, 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 eh, it's not bad. And then there's people who can sing. And then, then thank you. That's really, so nice. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> When you when when you can just listen to the 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 song of the voice, it's nice. Now, sometimes you listen to the words. <laughs> the song the of music. the voice. Um, yeah, Nick but, is actually working for Pitchfork now as a music critic. <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes there's certain people who sing where I'm just like, wow. Yeah, the pipes. Right, yeah. Thank Anyways, you yeah, very good. Thank and you. Also, Bachelor uh, in Paradise fan. Yes, huge. Truly, and, and expert critic, which is really important. Coming in hot here. Couple of housekeeping notes before we get into it. Tomorrow, because we we for all you reality TV fans out there, Love Is Blind is out. We've been watching; it's good, compelling characters. Uh, we'll be recapping tomorrow with uh, Laura Rugetti is with us, uh, celebrity hairstylist and uh, expert critic of uh, Love Is Blind. Lots, uh, lots of we'll be recapping episodes one through seven. Also, texting office hour. Also, talking about your latest pop culture topics. But uh, if you haven't watching Love Is Blind, we have as well. And uh, lots to lots to get into there. A lot, a lot of people talking about the uh, the Visine or the water fake oh, cry droplets. Andrew is that his name? I wasn't too uh, appalled by that. Uh, maybe it's because I've been desensitized. I just had higher hopes for him. I kind of yeah. thought he was a nugget, and then it just it popped the the bubble of the nug. There's a thirty percent chance your favorite bachelor alum has done that. Do you know who they who my favorite is, or are you just assume? Oh, I'm talking oh, okay. to the audience. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like people are just like horrified by it, and I'm just like, I've seen it done. I'm surprised they kept that in. I know that's. I was gonna say, do you think if he's it's if pissed? it's so common? I'm like, why did they keep that in? Then? I mean, a common for. I think it's how he played it, you know, and he goes, I thought that the producer was very clever when he's like the way he went about it. And then he goes, do you, is this okay? And he goes, if your eyes hurt by all means, mm-hmm. which, you know, interesting, clever. Anyways, we have a lot to get into with love is blind tomorrow and going deeper. So do not miss that. Um, anything else? My book's out. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> What? Doing really well. You have a book? Yeah, no um, idea. Bachelor T. Yeah. So we all watched last week as Casey collapsed to the ground. Um, and he's actually taken to Instagram to say that he hasn't walked in four oh months since the show. So he said that he is one sad guy and said that he also still has three broken bones and has had three operations. And in a post- He said, just to be clear, this is my foot in a cast right now, tonight. I haven't walked in over four months. Um, He also said, like, he couldn't get surgery right away because it was so swollen. He actually went on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast and 
like said, I fainted when I opened my eyes. I didn't realize that my ankle was just destroyed. I actually tried to get up and that's when I saw my ankle. It looked like I had wedged a football into my ankle. I don't know. The I whole thing was quite the, the, vi- the visuals. So like swollen. Yeah. I think that's what he's trying it, to. Yeah, like immediately swollen. I get to a hospital in Mexico and they have to put me under and do a reduction on my ankle, which is basically putting it back into place. And then, you know, they have to do CT scans. He had three different bones that were broken. Your ankle is made up of three bones and I broke all three. So that's probably why he doesn't have much to stand on. Does he regret starting the drama since that's no. how he caused his... He says, I 100% stand by my choice to let Brittany know that someone was slandering her. Is it safe to say he might not have a broken ankle if he didn't start the drama? If he passed out because of the panic attack that was as a result of the drama? Yeah. I mean, that's how it aired. If it wasn't to do with like heat or anything that was like an external I'm sure a combination of everything. Yeah. I think his heart was racing when he saw the drama unfold on the beach. and. Yeah. If that was the case, it's, you know, I guess he has nothing, no regrets, you know, like at this point, the leg is broken. No regrets. You're done. You might as well own it. Well, we wish him well on yeah. his recovery. Yeah. I hope, uh, I hope he walks again. Yeah. That that's, there's still an, a prog, a positive, uh, prognosis. Is it prognosis? I guess. Yeah. We're on the road to recovery. It just seems when, like a very when, long one. When might he walk again? You know what? It won't be till he's walking down to the beaches of paradise next he year. He said about you know? a week and a half ago, I was expecting to get the news that I'd be able to start walking at least with a cane again. But they did x-rays on one of, and one of my bones shifted a little bit. So to be 100% in the long run, I need another surgery. So he's going to need another surgery. Another for, surgery? That's for, crazy. Yeah. How, yeah. So that's four surgeries. He's, he said, I'm still not even walking without a scooter. Poor guy. Oh. Yeah. If I were him, I would have... If I could go back in time, time machine, I don't know if I would have started the drama. Maybe that's how you ask, ask the question. But if you really could go back and do it differently, because you Yeah, because Becca asked him, do you have any regrets? Of course. And that's when he said, I 100% no regrets. stand by Yeah, it. that's classic. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, standing next to Rodney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As opposed to somebody like, catch me. <laughs> that, maybe that's his regret. Yeah. <laughs> having, so, like, having Johnny there, who was actually the one yeah, ready well, to go. We wish him well. We wish him well. Yeah, we'll yeah. see him, Casey. So uh, Tino obviously had him on the show. People had a lot of feedback about, you know, his interview. And he has been kind of off the grid social media wise, but decided to post after the episode went live. It was a little photo of him with the, you know, umbrella shot of him while he was on The Bachelorette. And he captioned it. This experience has pushed me further than I could have ever imagined. But I feel so blessed and lucky to have such amazing people in my life who saw me through it. Thank you to all of the under. Thank you. To all the understanding and forgiving people who showed me support. Your kindness means more to me than you'll ever realize. I'm ready to turn the page on this chapter and still know my story is going to have a great ending. So great. seems like he's kind of tying that up with a bow. He was posting on Instagram this weekend. He was partying with Jason. So moving on. Yeah, new good, chapter. Good, you know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I appreciate uh, all the people who uh, listened. If you haven't listened yet, go check it out. It's a doozy. Um, yeah, it seems like people um, overall thought he uh, owned his decisions and, and did anything, did everything he possibly could do given the situation he found himself in. I mean, certainly there's always going to be a handful of people that it just, it seems like maybe Tino just reminded them of someone who might have hurt them in the past and 
Yeah, and like the ship had sailed where it's like nothing he was going to do was going to endear him to them. But I think in this, like getting to talk a little bit more and like condemn his actions himself as opposed to a back and forth conversation where it kind of looks like if he has anything to say in response, he's it it comes across as sometimes him like trying to defend his actions. Like I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess if if the if short of you just being like, I you know, I don't I don't like the guy just because I've decided and you have the right to do that. I'd be curious if anyone like what could he have done differently that would have actually changed your perspective on I mean, not necessarily you have to start liking him, but just him coming across as a guy who sincerely hopes that uh, he learns from his mistake. And if you if you don't if you don't uh, agree, I'm curious what uh, when you would make a mistake, what would you want people how what kind of grace are are you hoping for? I guess is the question. But who knows? Who knows? We wish we wish Tino well on uh, on his his journey of happiness. There are things that just make sense, and one of those is FrameBridge because framing pictures. Well, one, it's a lost art. Pictures of any kind in a home just make it more homey, and not everything needs to live in the ground. Maybe start like taking in those and, and framing them and giving them as gifts, and you can do that with FrameBridge. And the thing about framing stuff is, I, I think a lot of people don't do it because they don't know where to go and it's like expensive. FrameBridge, they make it super easy. You just go to FrameBridge, you upload your photos. If you have a physical piece to frame, great. You, they'll send you a complimentary package to safely mail it in. Uh, you can preview your items in dozens of frame styles, choose your favorites, or get free design help. The experts at FrameBridge uh, custom frame your design and deliver your finished piece right to your door. Allie, tell us about your FrameBridge experience. So I got this really like high resolution, but like large file of a photo that my friend took of the Santa Monica Pier. And I was like, this would be lovely decor in my apartment. And so I got it in this huge frame that goes above my bed. I have a queen size bed. It's like almost as big as it. And it came in the mail, perfectly packaged in this white frame. It is like super high quality. So them printing it didn't like lower the resolution, even though it's blown up super big. An experience was... Just like seamless. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars at a framing store, FrameBridge starts at $39 plus free shipping. Order online or stop at a FrameBridge store near you to work with a designer in person. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift today at framebridge.com. Remember, the holiday season is around the corner and give them the gift of love by framing a memory of the two of you. Framebridge.com. We said it. We want more Hungry Root. My favorite thing about Hungry Root is their like chickpea cookie dough. Yes, chickpea cookie dough. One thing is, about Amanda, she loves one thing chickpea. about me is I love a chickpea. <laughs> I love a vegan chickpea cookie dough. They also have don't sleep on the salsa verde. It is a sleeper. You have no you had it has no business being as good as the it is. Tacos that I made with them and like I had one skillet going with like the meat and one skillet going with the peppers and the onions and I was like, "Oh, I am Gordon Ramsay. It's like maybe you get your groceries delivered. Maybe you do like some meal service kit where they send you like tiny little plastic bags of exactly the amount that you need for the recipe. Hungry Root is like a beautiful marriage between those two things because you can it starts off with like pre-filling your cart with some good recipes. You're inspired. But from there, you can customize. So you can say like, I know I actually want to do X, Y, Z other things. So I'm going to get those ingredients. Mm -hmm. It's just a really nice um, combination of like self-directed and getting the experts help. Yeah. And even if you like think you know the recipes that you want and then if you get those ingredients, 
There's no reason you can't just mix and match once they're delivered to your home. Well, you heard it here. Right now, Hungry Root is offering the Vile File listeners 30% off your first delivery. Free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get 30% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Sierra and Michael have been popping up online. Obviously, there's been a big discussion over, you know, Michael telling Sierra he wasn't necessarily ready for a relationship, but then quickly... Has Michael responded at all? ...falling in love with Danielle. Yeah, so he did respond to someone, like a fan, commenting, they broke up before split week because of Danielle, because Danielle came in with a group of new women. Michael would be seen as the villain cheating on Sierra, and producers are protecting his image. So that's been a big thing online of... Michael A is the favorite. The producers are like trying to make him look good. And Michael actually commented back at the fan and said, nope, I broke it off the second I felt like there wasn't a strong connection. It would have been much more beneficial for me to wait until I received her rose. But that didn't sit right with me. So he's basically just saying he ended things because he didn't see it going further and he didn't want to lead her on. Uh, I was I was watching this with Joe and Serena last week in New York when I went and Natasha, who Natasha experienced the Brandon and Piper of it all. And we were having a, a fruitful discussion. And I said, you know, and I love Michael. I love, love Michael. Uh, I thought what Brandon and Piper did, like specifically Brandon lying, you know, flat, flat out lied to Natasha. But I said, you know, sometimes the biggest difference between what's approved and not approved by the audience of Bachelor Nation just comes down to whether the the producers or the show gives you permission, you know, gives someone permission. Like, you know, I, I think Michael is a genuine guy. I think ultimately he ended it with Sierra, like he said, but I also think the show gave him permission to explore things with Sierra, even if he ultimately might have not thought deep down he was invested in her, you know? And had Brandon, let's say Brandon didn't get caught lying to Natasha's face. Like the show gives people permission to lead people on and the show gives criticism to people who lead people on and will then vilify them for it. And and in most cases, there's not much of a difference. One's someone's getting permission and someone's not getting permission. That's really at the end of the day, all it comes down to. But the difference between Michael A and say Brandon is that Michael A maybe if nothing else, thought to himself, you know what? I think if the producers really want me to keep, to keep me around, they'll figure it out. And I don't think I have anything here with Sierra, so I'm going to end the relationship, and I guess we'll see. And my guess is that's exactly what happened. I, my guess is he had no idea about Danielle coming. I'm sure he knew she was coming at some point. I'm Actually, I'm 99.99% sure he knew she was coming at some point. What's the history between him and Danielle? Because he was, was that mistaken? He was saying they had history, but then she was like, it's so nice to meet you. So it was because he, I guess, had posted something on Instagram and then she was, had thought, oh, we have similar experiences because she lost her fiance and he lost his wife. So from what she said, it felt like she then DM'd him and said, you know, from a fellow Bachelor Nation alum who's gone through something similar, like wanted to reach out and connect. So it was like all virtual. It was messaging back and forth. Got it, got it, got it. As opposed to actually meeting in person. Yeah. So I don't know if they physically knew each other, but there was some rapport. Right, right, right. Of some sort. But uh, 
yeah, I'm guessing he knew. And that's the thing. Like, whether you agree with what's going on or not, I, I think, I guess my point is, it's all not too much different from each other. So I don't know if, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't die on any of these vines, so to speak, of defending or criticizing anyone's behavior, I suppose, because it's all, it's all bullshit, is my general take. But Sierra had a little throwing shade moment, as she would call it. If I'm um, Sierra, I'd, I would be, yeah. I, I think she has a right to be annoyed. Yeah, frustrated. so she posted, you know, the, the TikTok sound that's like, speak up, and it mm-hmm. says it like multiple times, so she used that audio and she like had little captions flash up and it was like something's missing and then she was like speak up and then it was like she's moving too fast speak up i'm not sure i'm ready speak up and then finally the last thing said i never saw anything with you but needed to kill time and then her caption was i hadn't thrown shade before but this is me throwing it so she thinks michael let her on Mm -hmm. and just needed to quote kill time i mean he did that's how the show is set up yeah but is, is Michael A. wrong for exploring, you know, like, what's the difference between, and there, you know, this is kind of the theme of these two episodes, is what is the difference between, and we talk about this in dating in general, exploring a relationship or some connection or exploring even a non-connection of like, I don't know, you're here, you seem nice, I'm not necessarily seeing it, I don't even know if you're my type, you know, or maybe you are my type. But let's let's talk and let's hang out, you know, and let's get to know each other. And then you talk and you have a conversation and you say something. I say something that, you know, you're like, oh, that's really like that about you. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. You seem like a really thoughtful and you start making compliments. And, and then and then there's a rapport build. And then at the end of the day, someone's just like, you know, what? it's not really for me. Is that leading on or is that just exploring a possibility, even if even if you didn't think that possibility was all that promising? I mean, it really, the devil's in the details of what you say, but like, what's the difference? Right. I was just going to say it's all in what you say. I feel yeah. like if you're saying, oh, we have such a strong connection and I feel so X, Y, and Z about you and then someone comes along yeah. and you change, then it's different. But yeah, I agree. I don't think that it's, especially when you're getting to know somebody, you need to kind of spend time with that person, figure out what they like, their interests, how they communicate. I don't think that's leading on. I think that's just getting to know somebody. Yeah. Did Mike, did, did we, do we remember anything Michael saying that was egregious in terms of that went, went beyond the scope of simply getting to know Sierra and, and qualifying a connection? You know, like, like Natasha said, like saying, like oh, saying I'm have, here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah. We have a connection or I'm really feeling something here. Like, trust me. You know, these are like no. words that Brandon used to Natasha last year. Cause it was even like, I think about that scene that was so kind of cringy to me to for, to watch when they were on the daybed and she's going on and on about what a great stepmom she'll be and all this other stuff. And he was pretty much just sitting there yeah, he went, being like, he, right. His, 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 re- his response was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he wasn't even looking at her. He was like staring off at the beach. Yeah. And he said some nice things, yeah. but like he definitely was not necessarily validating or confirming from at least what we saw. Yeah. And it definitely comes down to a level of like kind of honor policy of your own emotional self-awareness where with things like that, it's Michael's the only one who really knows at what point he started to not view Sierra as a viable option anymore. And so as much as like as a person who might be rejected in the situation, you want to go back and like find an aha moment based on the evidence you have. You have such an impartial picture because like 
it's really something where you have to do your own kind of reflection on how you're honestly feeling. And I feel like that was such a theme of this episode of like with Victoria, and I'm sure we'll get into all of it, but just to what extent is this person being fully honest and open with themselves and then in turn others about how they're strongly they're feeling about someone? Yeah, unless Sierra like says, comes out with, because it's possible he, they, the conversations were had that didn't get aired. So unless Sierra mm-hmm. says, but in, in reality, he actually said X, Y, or Z to me, then while I understand why Sierra might f- feel the way she does, and I could see myself feeling that way or getting upset, but it might just be a uh, misconnection. I, like I said last week, I blame the show. I think the show said, I think they threw Danielle and, and Michael in our faces so much and it was so obvious and so like, I don't want to say lazy, but like, like they weren't fooling anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that just put a bad taste in everyone's mouth and made Michael A look bad, even if he... You know, he had he has nothing to do with sending Danielle down and he's he's got nothing to do with that. He can only have conversations with the people in front of him. And he did. And then you know. right, and he wasn't like scrounging around for a rose like he wasn't like really trying to chat up Brittany at the rose ceremony. Like, I think it'd be one thing if you were really like, t- like exploring new connections the second Sierra left to try and stay in that ceremony. But it seemed like he was kind of like a. He okay. had accepted that he was maybe going to go gonna home. Say, he was I like, well, like he had fully accepted that. We should go pack that. up our bags. Yeah. Like, no, I, <laughs> totally. think, I think it's because the show hasn't even pretended that they're trying to make him the bachelor in paradise. And I mean, it's the fact that they let Danielle stay on the beach while all the other women from like the original cast, and technically she's part of that, she got to hang out. They're literally like, we'll do anything to make this relationship work. Anyway, any other tea before we really get into the meat of the episode? It's not necessarily tea, but it's a conversation that we've been keeping up with. Obviously, when we had Brie Springs on recently, she was saying that she has a new podcast called But Who Cares. Recently had Rachel Kirkconnell on there talking again about the like Tyler Cameron. Is there beef? Is there not? It just feels like that we keep circling back to do they get along and are they friends? Uh, but Rachel said that there's nothing going on between her and Tyler. It's a brother-sister relationship. And she went on to say, just because he and Matt don't ha- hang out every day like they did in quarantine doesn't mean they hate each other now. And she kind of was like, so I don't even really know what Tyler's talking about. So I just feel like we're getting different. What about that last part? Oh, well, that, that's see, every time either of them talk. Mm-hmm. There's they, a little nugget that is a question. They always diffuse the bomb. And then the last words out of their yeah. mouth are like, but I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, when Tyler was like, he called her the old ball and chain or something, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. So yeah, that, the love-hate relationship, the ball and chain. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't know. If you're both just responding to... And that's the thing, because that happens all the time. There, You know, there are fans in Bachelor Nation, or f- fans of any kind, and you would know this about mm-hmm. this, Natasha, that they will create drama between... 100%. ...other people. You know, and oftentimes with this show, you know, we'll be talking about cast people. And I know that most Bachelor alums aren't listening to this recap. A lot of them do. A lot of them don't. But uh, if an audience member will say, I can't. Do you believe what what they said to you in the vile files? And like, I mean, just to hear that is triggering. And then you don't even listen to it. And then something is pulled, you know, and the people will start drama and things like that. So. All of this might be coming from them just reading press clippings and clickbait type of 
articles and there's this element of, yeah, there's nothing really going on, but in case there is, I'm going to throw some like weird, yeah, it's just like they always drop that like little grenade. But you think, is that to like keep themselves safe? Maybe if the other person is going to go say something, you know? I What I feel like it is, is that they're not each other's favorite person. Mm-hmm. And, but they're also not in a feud. You know, uh, Matt, Matt's the glue. And, and, it, and, and uh, Rachel's right. They're, they're adults, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the whole like quarantine crew of like Tyler and Matt hanging out like college roommates every day, like fun and cute and endearing. But like, honestly, if they were still doing that, it's kind of fucking weird, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like these are adult men who are like, living their lives and and focusing on their careers and relationships and they can't be obsessed with each other constantly living in maybe different parts of the country and and I know we all love to see a good like Tyler and Matt TikTok you know roundup but like it kind of would be weird if they were obsessively hanging out every day like they like they seem to be early on I feel like so many guys, especially like in their 20s, have a best, best friend who is like their ride or die. Like I've noticed a lot of like my male friends have like one best friend in a way that like my female friends like tend to have like several. I would say the opposite. Really? I feel like there's a lot. Who's opposite for you? I feel like, again, this is just my perception. I could be wrong that a lot. I've like I know. I feel like all women, this has been my theory, Mm -hmm. that all women always have, they have friends, a group friend, but they always have one ride or die. And that can vary, like that might go through cycles or whatever, but there's always a, there's a bestie. Or, and again, men as well, but I felt like I've had more, lots of close friends without like one, but maybe that's just, yeah, I thought the opposite of you. Interesting. I I just think, It's like, I agree that usually there's like within any, actually for like men, women, any gender, like there's your point person at any given time, like the person who's the most up to date, who kind of like knows the most about what's going on in daily life. I just feel like there's so many men who I'm like, oh my God, you had like, like you had this really significant friendship that like either started in like before high school for so many of them. It's like their friend from like middle Mm -hmm. school or high school or even college. And then there's just like so close with that one other guy for several, several years. But it's also like I, I can see that. And one of my guy friends has that guy friend and they've known each other forever but then I'll ask him about him and they, he really doesn't know that much about him. They don't dive as deep as women do. And so well, he's like, well, I don't know what he's up to. Like, they don't get yeah. to that same level, I feel like, half the time. Yeah, I don't know. They can say they're best friends and have been best friends their entire lives and will be each other's best man. But, it like, I feel like girls are like, oh, you my God. the inner workings my of their brain, left you know? eye is twitching this morning and right, I don't know exactly. why. Like, and the other one will be like, wait, okay, did you have dairy this weekend? Yeah, because yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Guys might not be that in tune. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, Tyler and Rachel still hate each other, basically, is the takeaway. Well, and just the comment of, I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, so you're not only like negating what he said, but kind of being like, he's crazy. But he's also, it, might, not, it might just be a throwaway and we're yeah. just creating drama that's not there. Correct. But that's what we do here on The Vile Files. Create drama? No. Observe Am it. I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. <laughs> Maybe I'm the drama. All right, let's uh, let's get in the episode. It opens with uh, Lace and uh, oh. and Rodney breaking up. So 
I watched this episode after having sat in the car like all day driving back from a wedding. And I was like, oh, I haven't moved. Like maybe just to like move my body a little bit. Like every time someone says this kind of thing, I'll do a squat. And I was like, every time someone cries, I'll do a plank. Oh, I stopped that. And after like 90 seconds of lace cry, I was jacked? like, I can't do this <laughs> Look anymore. At these muscles. <laughs> because it was really like, it was a sad. It was sad. Breakup for lace. Yeah. Yeah. What did I you think, Natasha? I felt bad. I thought it was a little, I don't know. I thought it was a little dramatic to come storm down on the beach and come in like right after the date. But I did think it was really sad. I think he was very honest though about his feelings, which was nice. And it's never easy to hear that, but at least it wasn't, you know, drawn out. And she kind of had to like watch that go on for however many days until like the next row ceremony. So I don't know. I felt bad. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote down lace is a star was my first one. I just think she is, you know what you're getting from lace. She is real. She is an authentic person down here. I think she is a one percenter on the beach with someone who's actually truly authentic. And I love everyone down there, but I think it's very hard for people to be their truest selves. I think everyone's on some level these days on Bachelor in Paradise playing a bit of a character. Like curating the version of themselves. 100%. Mm -hmm. And Lace is just simply Lace. And I appreciate that. Yeah, like, I think uh, what did Lace, Lace did what we talk about all the time. What she... She knew she liked someone. She came down. She tried to set a boundary by saying, I only want to date you. If it's not you, I don't want to be here. She communicated that. She communicated that when, if, and it seemed like Lace, I think she stopped short of saying this specifically, but she kind of implied that she, you know, if she had to flip, you know, guess on, on if things were going to go her way, that she would guess that they might not go her way. I think she suspected that they didn't have the strongest connection when they left compared to maybe some of the other ones. And yet she still asked the tough questions, which so many people avoid and don't do. So props to Lace for, for, for doing that and, and getting some clarity and, and finding out quickly because a lot of people don't do that. I also wrote down what's the difference between Rodney and Lace and Michael and Sierra. It was kind of my point of like, you yeah. know, it's all just, the show's kind of giving Rodney permission too. Well, I don't think Rodney didn't tell Lace, I'm not ready for things to move fast. I think that's the only and I don't think I think Michael could have been truly not ready for things to move fast with Sierra. And then sometimes with a different person, you're prepared for a different. Oh, so is that the criticism with Michael? Because it was more like, hey, I don't want I'm not ready for a relationship. And bam, now I'm ready for a relationship. That would be my the only thing that I would flag as potentially being like a pain point. I don't know that he's being like criticized for that as a whole. But from my perspective, that was the only thing where I could see that kind of being like that stings a little bit. Now that I'm like, I don't think Michael's a fuck boy. Well, I think anyone's. But like it is a, f like I always say, it's just like you're not ready until you until you are ready until you meet someone who you want to be ready for, you know. So I think that's just kind of semantics, and I know it stings when you're the person receiving the, hey, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now, and then like a week later, that person's right. dating someone else, and it sucks. But like. You know, there were a couple moments like Natalie and I were watching it. Where, which one was it? Oh, I forgot what breakup, but it was some. Oh, it was Jacob. And Jacob in his classic kind of, Jacob clearly says things. He just says things, and some of them, he could just not say. 
Yeah. But I think he is a high character person. We'll get into that. But I think he just doesn't know sometimes what to say. <laughs> but like, and Natalie was just like, oh, I can't believe you said that. And I, I only said to her, I was like, yeah, no, I mean, it's harsh, but, or, or it's just like, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes you have to be honest to let them think you're the bad guy so that they can move on. And it might sound harsh. Or sometimes when you, you know, it's when you're going through a breakup, I think, you know, to try to, you know, dissect everything that's sad and then hang on to that thing. You're hanging on to like the two sentences out of a paragraph that they said, yeah, you know? You know, exactly. So it's just like, I'm sure in Batronation with Michael's probably hanging on to the uh, I'm not ready, you know, or I don't know if I'm ready. Right. And maybe he was very much feeling that with someone he didn't feel connected with kind of thing. So it's. It's just interesting how we perceive breakups depending on who we connect with or who we relate to in that specific scenario. 100%. So Lace. And the other thing that I think was big about Lace like going there was her planting, one, planting the seeds that the girls have men too. Yeah. And I feel like there was like one other kind of like plot device thing where it was like, Why were ah. they so shocked? Like, why were the, did the guys really think that the girls were just going to be trapped up in a tower and not have any opportunity to date people while they're frolicking on the beach? It's a good I was question. like, come on, guys. There's Yeah. What well, are they going to do? Sit there for a week yeah. twiddling their thumbs? Just like, waiting. Exactly. I think it's probably a common thing that we, as a perfect example of how we, we, we don't. You don't think? We don't think, <laughs> you know. And by pe people, it's just like, you know, you. You're the star of your own show. So like I feel like these guys felt like they were being platformed as like the stars and, and because it was on the beach, right? Mm -hmm. They just thought, yeah, I honestly probably, they probably didn't think and they probably thought they're going to get locked up into the Vedanta and their own rooms. They probably thought they're going to be put back in the rooms that they were all staying in prior to coming down on the beach. And yeah, they probably didn't think. Also, the difference in the men before and after Lace's conversation with Rodney, because when she originally came down, it was very like, what are you doing here, Lace? Yes. Where are the other girls? Why did you come? Like, da-da-da-da-da. And then the second that they see her crying and heartbroken and oh, Rodney ending just it. just hugs Michael and goes, yo, honey, and gives her a hug. And they're like, I feel for Lace, man. She came down here a second time. She's really trying and it's got to be really hard. And I was like, you were the ones just like basically trying to get her off of the beach two seconds ago and being super aggressive about why she was there. Yeah, it's like one of those moments where the humanity breaks through. Yeah. Like where you can tell there's this shift from like this calculated like kind of yeah, the way you have to ha always have your back in paradise of like what's going on? How am I? What's my take on yeah. this? Where am I aligning to like, oh, sad person. Yeah. Sad person yeah. who I spent a lot of time with who it's like never fun to watch someone be sad. Totally. I have a note here. It says, I forgot who said it. I was going to go back and watch. But I thought someone said you can only leave with your heart. Yeah, so Johnny said you can either leave with your brain or your heart. Johnny had some Did good lines. leave or lead? I didn't know, and I was wondering the same thing. Because I... one makes kind of sense. You can only <laughs> lead with your heart. Okay, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you only can, but it is a choice. Sure. But what do you mean leave with your heart? Well, that's, in, that's what I was questioning too, but he kind of made it seem like if you were, quote, leaving with your heart, it kind of meant you were heartbroken. But he was like, you can either... You basically prioritize your brain or your heart. And if you're just going to put your heart out all on the line, you're going to hurt more. But at least you gave it the good college try. Sure. I feel like that's where he was going with it. It was so unclear. And he also said, I think he said that geography. He was like, geography beach was so proud of himself. was like, I'm on a roll. And then stopped making sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was deep in thought. Uh, I get what he was saying. 
he's actually right. You know, I really think, I mean, Johnny is right. You know, people have two choices in paradise. Right now, most people choose the latter, but you can go down there and just simply embrace the insanity that is the expectation to find what you believe is love, to get engaged, to let yourself really embrace these high stakes, high emotion environments, or you can, you know, analyze everything for its, you know, genuineness and, and question everything. And, you know, those are the two choices people have. And I guess Johnny, in a weird way, tried to say that. I didn't, you can only leave with your heart. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then it was like, well, maybe it means lead, because that sounds better. Yeah. But we don't know. I wrote down leave, but I, because that's what it sounded like. But maybe he just has one of those voices where it's hard to. Maybe. Know. Before we get into like all of the changes that happened, I'm curious for you, Natasha, like going into this with the established couples, like where were you at with them? Which ones were you really rooting for? Which ones did you think were strong? I like. Aaron and Genevieve, mm. I think they were a strong couple. I wasn't really like expecting, I don't know, I wasn't expecting either one of them to waver. I was not expecting for Logan to take such a turn. And how, what all. do you mean by that? I just thought he, I mean, I still think he's very sweet and kind and all this stuff, but I think he at the beginning was like very cautious about the date, it seemed. And then the second they formed this connection, he was like, oh, well this is my girl now and I'm, you know, done with whatever. I, Logan, I, I just have a big question mark next to Logan's name. <laughs> I don't, he doesn't make any sense. What an enigma. There's yeah. something about his energy, clearly, because everybody, men, Everyone women, wants Logan. Yeah. People feel very captivated by him. Everyone I, is asking him on why. dates. I tell you what, he's tall and he's, I think he's in-person attractive is my guess. My guess is he's one of those people you see and you go, I get it. And he's he's very low energy most of the time. And, and you're like, I see myself in him. <laughs> well, I see that aspect of him. And he doesn't. And, and so often he's quiet. But he's not a quiet person. Like he clearly can articulate a thought and he has thoughts. And when he shares them, he'll probably, he probably rambles. But I think that gives him an element of mystery. And... Yeah, I think you have other guys who are more, less mysterious, I guess I'll just say. More or less mysterious. <laughs> more or less mysterious. And I think that's his shtick. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting, building off of what you said, Natasha, like when the girls did come back and the difference between Genevieve and Aaron, who are like, no, I didn't even look at anyone else. Like, right. da, 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 da. And then Shanae and Logan, like, sit down for a business meeting about which dates they've gone on and who they've kissed. Like, it was just two completely opposite reunions. Speaking of opposite reunions, um, Jacob and Jill. Ooh. That was the most uncomfortable interaction. I feel like Jacob. <laughs> I really like Jacob. I really like Jacob. I think I, I think Jacob. I, it's hard to judge someone's character by this show. But I'm going to go on a limb, and I think Jacob is a high-character person. And what I mean by that, and that's all I really judge people on, is that I think he truly cares about doing the right thing. I think he will do the right thing when other people aren't looking. I think he, he's a different kind of guy. And I think he has random thoughts that he could probably learn to not say at certain times that might come across as off-putting, and he's eccentric. 
but I think he genuinely has, has a good heart and wants to do the right thing. I think he cares about people. I think he wants to, you know, I really, I really think he's a good guy. I do. I totally agree. Yeah. I think he has a great heart behind him. I just think some of the interactions just make me laugh because they're a little awkward. He's but a I, but I don't think that it, I don't think that it's like malicious or that it's <laughs> you know comes with bad intention. I just think it's funny, and you just sit there and cringe a little bit. But again, it's like I don't think it's bad yeah, at all. totally. Uh, all right, before we get back into the reunions, let's. How worried do we think Brandon actually was? Like when Brandon had his mini meltdown, was mm-hmm. he? You know. Was it Michelle PTSD or or was he just like, you know, I'll throw a fit for you guys. Do we believe? I, at first I doubted it, but then and then I believed him because I really think the Michelle that it, I think this is hasn't been that long since he was on Michelle's season. I think he I think Brandon is someone who is choosing to leave, leave with his heart and <laughs> the words of Johnny uh, or lead. I, I think they they you're the people who want you to buy a boat were probably asking him a lot of questions and, 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 and planting seeds of doubt in his head. And I actually, I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought it was genuine. And I feel like it, it, it's complimentary to Serene because he clearly knows that she's like so beautiful and such a catch and sees like what a great woman she is. So he's probably like, Oh yeah, of course she's going to be sought after by everyone. But yeah, I guess if in his mind, he genuinely thought that she was locked away and not seeing anyone and he knew that he wasn't doing anything. They were just a sure thing. And then suddenly his whole universe yeah. shifted. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll fuck you up. They really dragged. I really didn't think it would last that long, but they they clearly knew it was like last week when the, the, the new people showed up. There were, well, the men seemed to embrace that more than the women. But it, it seemed like, the first reaction was loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. And then as we, they're just like, well, just let these hot people just keep hanging out there and maybe some conversations will happen. And eventually we'll actually get into like testing some of these relationships. But it's like they almost had to let it marinate over at the well, Vedanta. Speaking of marinating, Natasha, what did you think about Alex and Victoria sudden, suddenly having a connection over the hair stroking? That's where it all began. I don't know how I feel because I really liked her and Johnny together. So kind of seeing her and I I get it. I actually loved when she was saying like I was purposely not trying to talk to him because I knew that that's a normal type of guy that I go for, which Mm -hmm. I think was smart on her part if she wanted to stay true to Johnny. But obviously them kind of connecting, they just seem so different to me. So I feel like it's very hard for me to I don't need, I don't even know like compare the two relationships. Yeah. I don't dislike her and Alex, but I also really like her and Johnny, so I think it's just hard for me. What what do we think of the uh the I guess it sounds like we were led to believe that like the first move was the head scratch. Yeah. Bold. Mhm. I thought it was cute. She well, also, I'd be sure from she the, liked it. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Right. What if she didn't? <laughs> then I understand. Yeah, that's not an opener. That's you know? like a, Yeah. That can really go one way. 
you know, he scratched my head and just felt this is the thing I needed the most. Yeah. Or to like, well, or like you know he just what? started rubbing my head. Like Peter, yeah. Pizza Peter does that? Oh my God, he's in jail. <laughs> he's if, in jail. If, if, <laughs> if, if, if Pizza Peter does that, they're locking him up. Uh, like a bunch of women and men from the beach are coming down there and they're- <laughs> Jill the, is leading the, the charge. They're, 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 they're <laughs> confronting him. They're calling him all these names, 100%. But do Alex you think there was it? like a little bit of flirtation prior to this that would have led for him to do something like that that we just didn't? see yes For and sure. I you know also what I think mean? it had to do with her body language too like if 100%. she was like sitting at the pool with a margarita and like then he just came up and started like right. that would have been weird if you're but like she's on the couch you can tell she's like exhausted like if you looked at her body language from that camera like she was in the couch cushion like she was just like in a little heap yeah and you, everyone was sleeping it was like it was a different vibe yeah you guys bring up a good point if you're Johnny and you're watching this back do you go so he just started rubbing your head. Like, explain <laughs> this to me. There was nothing out of nowhere. I love some context. Yeah, I love some yeah, context. He's just sure. he's just rubbing people's heads. I think I yeah. I presume it would have. They must have had some kind of connection. Because like the reason we would like crucify Pizza Peter if he did this mm -hmm. is because you don't want people touching you when you don't want to be touched. And it seems touching your head or face without you like wanting it is one such of the most a violation. Offensive things. I feel like prior to this interaction, there is some type of unspoken tension. One hundred percent, you can just tell. I feel like when you're in a room with someone and you guys vibe, regardless of if you're outwardly flirting, you can just tell there's an energy and an attraction. So I feel like based off that he felt confident enough to go, okay, I'm just going to make yeah. my move and know that she's going to be into it. You know? He's, I mean, he's hot. So there's that. Yeah, but also the action, it's not like inherently sexual. Like it's a right. very, just it's like very It's intimate though. It's very intimate and it's very affectionate, I yeah. think. I think it was But sweet. it's not sexual. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Al, if you were sitting on a chair and I just walked up behind you and started- Not you, Nick. That exactly my point. <laughs> exactly my point. Like, but like if a well, relative it's about the did context that, and the person, yeah, like my yeah, dad yeah, has they, done that before. Were, oh, oh, sure, yeah, you know what I mean. But <laughs> like incredibly that, intimate, incredibly intimate. Yeah, yeah. we're not intimate. saying sexual. We're saying intimate, yeah. close, okay. nurturing. You know, yeah, like personal space, a level of trust and con and comfort is required for you to just relax. You know, because like she. Had a very, yeah. she needed that, as she said. She needed to relax. Yeah, and she said in the moment, she was like, that feels so good. I know, yeah. she was giving him affirmations, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It clearly was a moment that worked for both of them. Yeah, I but agree. But it could have gone south. If I'm Johnny, I'm like, sus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, there are a couple things I wrote down I wanted to discuss with you ladies. And it was just like, you know, I love how noticing things people say and then like actually thinking about what they're saying. Uh, Brandon wrote while he was freaking out, if I'm acting like this, then I know I love her. So it's like, if I'm freaking out, if I'm losing my mind, and then I, it must be love. And I, it's such a relatable feeling. This is not to criticize Brandon. I've said shit like that before. We've all said shit like that before. But when we really think about what he's actually saying, clearly, like, obviously, it's a terribly, it's a terrible frame of mind to have. Like, all these things that could be, like, like I don't mad, doubt that he like it make it kind of puts things in perspective, but also you're like you just got done comparing how it makes you feel like how it reminded you of a past relationship or a past pain or feeling rejected and what role maybe your ego played in that or feeling embarrassed or taking away. And I can imagine why he doesn't want to relive that traumatic experience and why he's holding on to that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. None of which means that you two like, you know 
know how to love each other or make each other feel love. I believe in their relationship. I think they're a great relationship, but it's just those things we say out loud. Uh, I just find find fascinating. Any thoughts uh, on that at all? No, just is it love? Is it infatuation? Is it fear? It reminds me of the song, the one that's like only love can hurt like this. It's like equating such a. How does that song go, uh, Natasha? No, I was. I'm not <laughs> singing it. <laughs> it's a TikTok sound, but it's like you equate these right. like huge emotions, whether yeah. good or bad, and they're like, oh, they must. It must be love. It's like when you break up with someone, you're devastated. You're like, oh, it must have been love. Yeah, well, it, just because you I think are there's so many other emotion. things that it could be. That, yeah. I mean, it could be. Could I be. think that it could be. Could be. But I think there's also a lot of things that also could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's that essay in my book said the pain doesn't mean they were special. Mm -hmm. Something Correct. like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just like he. We are so quick to like elevate someone because we're afraid of losing something, or we're scared. Our ego is just like, don't fuck it up. You're a loser. You know, something like that. Another another line that I really enjoyed. Jacob goes, he says, I have a real romantic connection. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? I feel like, you guys tell me if, I'm, if you agree or not, that when people say, I feel like I have a real romantic connection, what they are trying to say or what they believe they're saying, more importantly, is... I feel like I have a real emotional connection with someone because what is a romantic connection? I mean, couldn't you like go on a romantic date with someone you like, what does that even mean? A romantic connection? I don't, I, I'm, it's an honest question because it just seems so. It feels like kind of shade or not maybe shade, but uh, it inherently comparing to Jill where it's like, as opposed to like something that's more fun and more of a fling, like adding romance to the mix is maybe meant to be like, no, like I, I see this as more serious and more like there's more emotional gravity as opposed to I really hit it off with this person and we like get along super well. So you think yeah. it actually means something. It's just a nicer way of saying I want to fuck. I think it's like the comparison by saying I have an actual romantic connection. But what is a romantic connection is what is my question. <laughs> I think it's that if it wasn't there before, I think it's less about what a romantic connection is and like what does it mean if it wasn't there? He's kind of implying that it wasn't there with Jill. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, it implies some kind of like longevity or like deeper, I guess, emotional investment. Well, that's what I'm curious. Yeah, but I, I can you not? I feel like she, he could still have an emotional connection with Jill. No, it's just not. We, romantic is like. Physical. Is romantic sexual? Yeah, I don't know. I feel it I would, is. I, just, I think that's it the is. Thing. I I'd love to know when when Jacob said I have a real romantic connection with her. I would love to. I would love to have been there. What do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by a romantic connection? It's just like I, I'm just curious what he means by that. I feel like there is more longevity to that, and more. I don't want to say rom like romantic because that's literally what we're talking about. But it, it is. It's like there's more sexual attraction, mm -hmm. longevity. You can see this person spending day in, day out versus I have a connection. I really like you as a person. I think we get along. We have great banter, whatever. But there's not this like spark. I feel like with romance, there is a, you know, a different type of spark. You yeah. could also <laughs> argue, though, like the, I, I hear you with the, like the longevity and this is someone that I could like leave here with and build a right. life with and whatever. But you could also argue you could have uh, a sexual connection with someone, but it's just sex. Like he could be like, well, Jill's hot and like I would fuck her, but I'm I don't want to build a life with I think her. romantic yeah. means I want to date. Like I have yeah. a romantic I romant connection. Uh, uh, like romance, I equate also with like 
true like love, mm-hmm. not just lust and like I think you're hot and yeah. I want to hook up. Well, I don't, that's the thing. you know what so I mean? He could be like Jill is a friend, or he could be like Jill. I just want to hook up with, but it, neither of them necessarily mean I want to date you. I right. want to love you. I want to have your children. Right. Well, say want to love you. See that that make that makes sense. I just feel like a romantic connection. It's hard for people to articulate when they say that what yeah. it means. When you say like, "Oh, I have a rem- emotional connection with someone," my guess is you're saying things like, "We just really connect." Like I think Michael and Sierra well, I think would say, a- like Michael might say, "I have an emotional connection to Sierra." Before when they were like when they were really vibing, there's a period of time when they were really like talking. A connection? I mean, a connection. Well, you- like I also we 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 throw out, th- throw out the word connection so loosely. I don't know. I think it just sounds nice to say I have a romantic connection where I think Jacob was just like, I really like that she straddled me in the hot tub. (laughs) And I think we say things like I have a romantic connection because it sounds nice. And when we actually are trying to explain it to someone, it doesn't sound much different than, well, I really liked it when she straddled me in the hot tub. Right. You know, or or when you said, well, I want to like someone or because, yeah, because I think we see people that we date and immediately there's something inside that goes, ooh, you know, like whatever it is, we're, we're that spark, you know, and maybe that, that spark usually comes from them like a physical attraction or we're interested in like something they say or we think they're, we're captivated by what they do for a living and then we'll decide there's something intangible there and I don't know if it's a connection, though. I guess what we're trying to say is there's, you know, you'll say there's romance there. I wanted to make out with him. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I feel like with... I, I let them touch my head. But but with romantic connection, I feel like it's different than saying we have sexual chemistry or like we have a, a, a physical connection because it's like you can definitely have that with someone that you think is hot or yeah. whatever. But like having romance is, is I have... I feel like it's both, right? It's like emotional and physical and there's longevity. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz if cuz if if you if you're just friends with someone you can say we have an emotional connection like I love connecting with this person, getting deep in our feelings. This person not so much but physically I'm very attracted to them. We have sexual chemistry. And then romance is like that's both and that's what you want in a partner long term, right? I guess it just depends on what you mean by that. Yeah. I'm not saying that's like I don't think I don't know if that is the correct term for maybe what like he was feeling or whatever, but I'm saying when I say romantic connection, that is where my head's at. That's all encompassing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's what Jacob meant. And Jacob's probably like, yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Danielle and Michael let us know that their love language is napping. Napping. There is something intimate about napping. If we're going to call head scratching intimate, I would argue napping is similar. I think napping is very intimate. Yeah. I guess. But I don't know. It just, all I could think about is, yeah, the most exciting thing about this relationship is you guys sleep. Well, I wish we saw more of this episode from them. I know there was a lot going on, but yeah. I just felt like it. I Maybe don't there's know. nothing to see. That's but, what that's well, what I'm yeah, thinking. Because Michael's our little prince. And so if, we're, if there was love story to show, I think we'd get it, right? They, but don't they you look think- so, like, bored around each other. They just... They literally just sit there and like awkwardly giggle and like don't know what to say. So they'd be like, napping's our love language. Ha 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 ha. ha. Let's go back to bed. Like there's Let's no- go back to bed. But I think there's something awkward. to be said about feeling so comfortable and so safe to the point where it like is boring. And I feel like I didn't think about that until like my Day most- two? 
on Paradise where emotions are maximized beyond your control. I just feel like it points to an actual connection when you're like, oh, I feel safe. I don't feel the need to be loud or have these like crazy fireworks because we just feel very comfortable and good around each other. I do agree with that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if that's the case, but I do <laughs> agree <talk> with that. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying in a relationship. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> they're in one, but it, it did just start. I don't know if it's more than a couple days old. Yeah, but they're not 23. Like they're, And also they have bonded over something that is a lot deeper than maybe what the other couples mm -hmm. are talking about and connecting over. So maybe it's just, okay, I, I've already gotten this off my chest. I just kind of want to relax and be with this person that I do enjoy. And now they have nothing else to say. So they're just going to know. We don't know that. They're not showing we us. We don't have the footage. <laughs> you think the, the relationship they've worked so hard to craft and build up and give an extra consideration in time and let Danielle just like be there when no one else is there that they're not going to show like a riveting conversation about their connection and, and them diving in and really like just being passionate or just passionate with their words. They're not going to show we, that. I They're think just they hiding might. That. I think they might further. We still have like eight or nine more episodes. Like this I, is a long season. I agree. Maybe. I feel like stuff might unfold with them. I feel like this episode had so much drama attached to it mm -hmm. with all of the rekindlings and the breakups and stuff like that, that the existing connection kind of was like taking away from the moment of the drama that mm -hmm. was going on. So maybe, maybe. we'll see I more. I guarantee we get like an additional dinner portion and they talk about James and they like talk about how their lives are actually going to. No. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have together. another date and yeah. they will talk about think They'll, they'll talk about their own lives. And then the other person will be like, that's nice. No, I'm talking, I want to see two people get to know each other. Well, my question is, I feel like we don't usually see people napping unless they're doing it on the day beds. So are they spending off camera time together? Yeah. And you, in paradise, you get to spend a lot of off camera time together. So is that maybe part of the reason that they enjoy it? Like they're like, we live napping so much is because it's this time when they get to be very like free and unfiltered and not like camera ready. Could that be a component? Sure. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe. I just don't think there's a ton of talking going on. I feel like you came into this with the agenda of being like bullshit love language. <laughs> <laughs> I just expected a little bit more from the relationship that the show is trying to work so hard to get us to fall in love with. Fair. And I'm not falling in love with this relationship. I'm, I find it to be, I just think they're just going to like give each other's roses, each other roses for the next, for, for the foreseeable future. You don't it's feel the just romantic hard. connection. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's hard, uh, at least on this last episode, I, I I agree with you. Like, I'm not falling in love with their relationship, but they're trying so hard. But I also feel like they didn't try that hard this episode to really, in like, entice us That's, with that. So I'm like, okay, let's just wait and see until the following episodes. Maybe, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, maybe wait and see. All right. So then uh, we got Kate. Kate gets a date card. We think Logan and Sarah are a thing. And then all of a sudden, Kate gets a, It's Kate, right? Kate. Yeah, yeah, Kate. I wrote down Kate on... Uninterested, I wrote down. <laughs> You're uninterested. Yeah, uninterested, in Kate? or she's uninterested. I'm fine. I'm uninterested in Kate. Well, Kate works for the Oppenheim Group on Selling Sunset. Oh, does she? Mm -hmm. She does. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, she's that one person. Uh huh. And she found her way back. She found her way back. What does she do again? Wait, what? Well, she's not on Selling Sunset, right? But yes. she like she's she works for the Oppenheim Group. Yeah, huh. she's posted with like Brett and Jason before, and that was kind of like. 
people flagged that when she went on The Bachelor of, oh, this girl's from the Oppenheim group, but she clearly didn't have a long stint on The Bachelor either. So maybe she'll be on Selling Sunset now. I don't and know. I doubt it. No. I mean, no. she's I, not I'd one of the. She has less, I don't think, yeah. she has less of a chance it. now. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least not for another year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she seems nice and all. I just, I'm not that interested in getting to know. I think she's just like a, she's not a main character, I guess, in my in my. Mm, she doesn't bring main character energy. Yeah. <laughs> well, nevertheless, she broke up with Jacob. Again, speaking of the Jacob's character, the guy just got dumped and he just goes and sits back down with the group and just watches her take Logan out on a date. And I don't know. I just feel like he was, was more like, yeah, I can take this, you know? And like, I, if he needed a moment, I would have ex like understood. And he was just like, no, I'm just going to watch this go down. I wrote down the kiss. Did any, did anyone think that was awkward? When, Which kiss? Uh, when Kate was sitting with Logan and Logan was like, I'm here for you. And she was like, yes, like I'm here for you too. Like, I love that. Like, all this stuff. And then right as they're having this intimate conversation, Jacob comes and is like, hey, good morning, and gives her a kiss right in front of Logan. Oh my God, and yeah. I was just and has like, no idea. Right, so yeah. unaware. I and that. I literally was just like, oh, She's like bonding with Logan not... and then her other boyfriend appears, exactly. kisses her in front of Logan and Logan's just like, and like chowing down like on super something behind her. smiley. But yeah. like was 20 she... seconds prior was just like, I'm, yes, I'm all in for you. I'm here for you. I'm so happy. And then it was like, Morning. I was, was like, this oh. before she told Jacob? Yes. <laughs> there was something I didn't realize. Jacob was, was still under the impression that like this was basically his together. girl. Yes. Because and when she gets the date card, Jacob's like impression. rubbing I, his hands. I know. Was, that made me so go. sad. He was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so he like, had no oh, idea that she no. would go. Like, mm -hmm. She was behind who, his back, which is why she was like, "Jacob, can I talk to you before I give out this date card?" But there like, was it was that scene that was just excellent TV. But oh, like exactly. breakfast before the date card even entered the exactly, picture. Exactly, exactly. Of was us just... knowing and Jacob being clueless. Oh. Yeah, and it seemed like everyone else was fairly clueless as well about yeah. her wanting to take Logan on the date, especially Sierra or uh, Sarah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. That Which was, that was a, also a I, I thought sad it was really endearing when Sarah. I don't know who she asked, but she asked someone to put her hand on. She's like, yeah. Can you put your hand on me? Eliza, right? Yeah, it was just like very sweet. That was really that was sweet. Very sweet. I thought, I thought that was sweet. And then Logan, like back to like I just have Logan question mark. And it sounds like he likes Kate because at first I was like, maybe just say no to a date, you know, because he's he's always saying yes. But I mean, he's must he's he likes Kate. So like good for him. But then he like blamed the order. It was like, yeah, it's just like the, he has these weird he says weird things where it's just like, yeah, you know, it's just like the order, you know, the order of what exactly. Well, yeah, because he was just I think the order in which he was asked out on dates. Oh, you know, it's just like mm. it was almost. I think he was trying to say it's like not my fault that Kate asked me last, and I have the strongest connection. Because with if Kate. he would have gone out with Kate first, first, then if Sarah would have asked him after, he would have said no. He's locked in on Kate. But do we believe that? Because he hasn't really locked in on anyone. He's been on a I lot of dates. I feel like he's going to say yes to any date he gets asked yeah. on. That's the impression. But now he seems to be with Kate. Well, so maybe... now after Kate, yeah. And that's back to the original like question we posed: like, is it? Where do we draw the line between what, like, when you, like, you're weighing your options versus you're a fuckboy kind of thing? You know, it's like, where, where's that line? And, and the perception of a bunch of people out there dating because he, he's, he's walking a he's fine teetering. line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I, it comes down to what you tell people during the process. If you're, yeah. if you continue to lead them on, if you're, if like, if he had turned to Sarah and said, 
wait for me, like hold out hope. You know who's the biggest fuckboy of this? These two episodes. Um. Wait. I want to guess. Sh- yeah. Shanae. Mm, Shanae. I was okay. just one hundred percent. She's just saying whatever the fuck. I mean, she wanted Tyler, didn't get Tyler. She like. She's going back, assuming Logan's been waiting for her. Assuming, assuming, like, and then making Logan feel bad about it. And I don't. Well, she's also like, yeah, she was crying about Tyler in the bed, and then she was like, but it's fine because I have Logan like back. Mm-hmm. That's like you don't know. Yeah. So she and listen, go for it. You know, like the difference between, I guess, because some of these other people and Shanae is that like Shanae, there's no like happy medium i guess i don't i don't know what it is but like it's very like i i think it's great that she's going for what she wants and that she is pursuing these relationships but it's it's a manner in which she's when she doesn't get what she wants what she's willing to say that's what i'm saying i feel like if you're going to go that route and kind of test your waters with other people kind of like i mean honestly the way i would say logan is just be more coy about it don't be so blatant with what you're saying that it's like, oh, well, you're just you're for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. just be a little bit more. I don't want to say secretive, but do you guys know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. subtle. Yeah, just subtle. subtle. Yeah. You know who I hope Shanae ends up with? Genevieve. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of. Can we talk about that? Well. Yeah. Seriously. So I, they I, I, are ripping shots. They're, they're best friends. All right. So I wrote a question. So if, if Shanae and Genevieve were on different sides. On, on Clayton season, whose side are they on now? Did Genevieve go to Shanae's side or did Shanae go to Genevieve's side? I think they gr- just basically agreed without actually verbally agreeing to pretend like it never happened. They were both calling the other person a bad person. They were just like, I can't, bl-. like it was a good versus evil like type of dilemma. And now they're on the same side. And I'm just wondering which side do they think they went on? Like, is Genevieve more like Shanae or is Shanae more like Genevieve? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's fascinating when two people are just like, not like, I don't care for you, but like Genevieve, she came on this podcast and said some very choice words about Shanae. You know, like she hated her. And they said that on the episode. They were like, we hated each other. Yeah. And I'm just wondering like whose side, who's, which one are, who are they more like now? I think they both, to me, I just feel like for both of them, they're very much the way they're thinking about this is like, no bullshit. Like, Sinead was like, no bullshit on the season. Like, everyone's being mean to me and like all this stuff about like Elizabeth and all the drama. And then Genevieve was like, this is bullshit because you're doing like, you're taking all this attention away from people. You are being disrespectful. And I think now that they're just like, you, they now have a common definition of bullshit. I think their common glue is insecurity. Yeah, I th- I guess a different flavor of that concept is like loyalty. Like I think they're both very like righteous, loyal people. Totally, I think they're that too. But I think what what I think they realize without saying it is, oh, we're insecure about the same things, mm. and we're not a threat to each other. We actually our same fears, our same insecurities, is things that I worry about, you worry about too. And the reason why we hated each other is because we thought we we're, were f- direct conflict with yeah. that. But, oh, you're worried about being enough. You're worried about, like, you know. I also think part of it was them just genuinely being like, okay, we can have a good time. Like, we can be two little, like, mischievous, like, 
get up to some fuckery together because it started on the date with Aaron and James where it was like this setting of like camaraderie and friendship. And they were like, I feel like the moment where um, Genevieve like like slapped Shanae's ass was like the slap heard around the world because it was like a truce. Like it was really Mm -hmm. like in that moment, I was like, okay, like they're they're partying and having a good time. And I think we saw like some of their best friendship moments are when the two of them are like, just like being Tweedledee and Tweedledum ripping shots. Doing like, like, together. Blah, 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 blah. They're literally in the interview room together. What do you think either of them learned from that interaction, if anything? Do you mean like the overarching like arc of going from hating one another to I don't know. Friends? Don't you think that's kind of like a, a yeah. big thing? I used to hate you. I used to talk shit about yeah. you. I used to like think you, I called you my arch enemy and now we're best friends. And not much has happened in between. We just, you know, got to know each other. I'm just curious if there's an, a takeaway other than my fear for them is they think it's just like, wow, how random, like as if it was random. I've just, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's true of so many friendships or like relationships where like if you just met someone in a different circumstance in a different context, you'd have a really altered view of them. Because it's all about kind of like which side of someone comes out first, because then you form this initial opinion and then you look for other like data that backs that up. Well, also, I think when in in friendships with competition, when you're directly competing against somebody who you think is a, a threat to you, you, I mean, the claws are out. You know, and when it's not that you cling on to that person because you two know that you're both strong individually. So if you come together, it's like, oh, we can conquer the world together. And I feel like that's honestly how so many friendships are and why they end so badly, because they might start like this together where you guys are so close. And then the second there's something that comes in between where you're competing, Mm -hmm. it's World War Three. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is just like the inverse of that, where it started out. Do you think they're going to have a fight again at some point? I don't know, but like it would not surprise me at all. Genevieve and Shanae remind me of like a WWE like tag team. We're like, and I don't know how many of you (laughs) watch professional wrestling, but first you're enemies, then you come together, then you're a tag team. And then like there's a match where like you get hit by like someone else, but you think it's them. And then that starts some like rivalry, like, and then you get back together I, like Genevieve and and uh, Shanae have the makings of like an awesome WWE tag team that is going to sometimes hate each other and sometimes be the ultimate dynamic duo. To me, it's not uh, as a viewer. It doesn't seem like a friendship that's built on so much connection. As far as like you're going to be in my life forever because you've had this experience and I've had this experience. I feel like it's just I don't want like piggyback on what you said, but just kind of the insecurity of like, oh, we're in the same boat and it's more comfortable to be together. So if something were to come in between that, I think it would be so easy for them to split. Well, I was wondering, there was a point where Aaron is talking mad shit about Shanae in the interviews Mm -hmm. while Genevieve is like comforting her. And I'm like, what's going on there? Like when this airs, is there going to be like, are they good enough friends that Genevieve would be like, babe, what the fuck? Like, why are you just like that? That's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of that too. And clearly Aaron thought he was being super funny and coming up with these like zingers in his ITMs that I personally thought were just kind of mean. mean. Yeah. Yeah. He said that she should be in a padded room and that she needed a a straight jacket. And then he was like, put her in a, put her in a rocket ship or something and like blast her off to a different planet yeah Yeah, and like again like do i think she handled 
everything amazingly? No, but she has the right to feel or be upset and she has the right to like talk to him. Like she confronted Logan a couple times. Like she didn't do anything, you know, outrageous. She had a strong point of view because she was a little bit in her feelings and only saw the situation through her lens of how things affected her. She's certainly not the only one who does that. We've all done that. And yeah, and Aaron's one to talk. Like Aaron, like last last season, like everyone was out to get Aaron. He just lost his shit about everything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. I'm really curious how uh, how Aaron and uh, if that affects their friendship. I have a question for all three of you, unrelated to the show, but to what degree, on a scale of one to ten, do you, are you capable? You know, someone doesn't like you. You don't know much about them. You just know they don't like you. Or you, you have a small interaction with someone and you've heard they don't like me. How much are you able to stay at least neutral and form your own opinion about who they are, regardless of how they feel about you? Me, zero. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't like me and they truly like, don't know me, I guess it doesn't really matter if they know me or not. I would be like, okay, well, fuck you. I'm going to go find someone else who does. Yeah, I'm just like, bye. I feel like I don't mean like you want to hang out with him, but like just but like you you're just having like making a judgment on right them. Well, based on your own interactions or things that you've been told. I mean, I guess it depends on how much in, in, in the scenario I'm kind of giving. You don't know this person that well. You just your first impression of them is that they don't like you. So how much are you able to like actually get to know them and yes. or overcome that? Oh, I'm yes. going to have to like hang out with them still. Like you're gonna be in a like sure. a group I mean, scenario or something. Well, I could I mean, like put think it of on bachelor for a group, people but... who don't know much about each other. They roam in various circles. Someone hears, "Oh, I don't like them," or you thought you didn't like them for what you saw on TV. So you are you to what degree? So zero. You're you're not. Well, a, I I think that's the that's a very honest answer, and I think that's the norm. Well, okay, I will always be kind and I will always be nice. I don't mean that. No, you're a very kind and nice person. I'm talking about what you think about them inside, whether regardless if you share it with someone else or a best friend. I'm not going to want to hang out with you, period. So I don't know. But would you be able... All right, let me, let me give you another scenario. You don't know this person all that well. You hear from house. You hear that they don't care for you. Okay, do you're, I know why? Maybe, but you're, you're confident that it's inaccurate and they are making some grand assumptions about your personality. And let's say they don't know you at all. Okay. Maybe it's just a fan or someone who, who what they know about you might be the same information a fan might make a judgment off of you. Okay. And then let's just say you, you see them do or say something that you like or admire or, or would otherwise praise. Can you still do that knowing that this person who doesn't know much about you, who hasn't taken the time to get to know you, has made a generalized assumption about you and who you are and your character? Are you capable of giving them that compliment and that recognition? Oh, for sure. Yes. Because it's like, because it, then it's like you get to, your ego gets to feel like the bigger person. Like, I, I like I'm not even saying this at a place of like genuine goodness of like positivity. It feels good to radiate and reflect. Sure. But like genuinely, I think if someone doesn't like me, then a lot of the times my approach is like, like, especially if I feel like they don't know me, then in a situation like I, I'm like really fucking well behaved, yeah. like not fake, not going out of my way because people can sniff that out so easily. But I'm just like, you don't like me. You're not, okay. a, you're not immediately standoffish. No, yeah. I'm nice to you because then it's like, yeah. 
Oh, you don't like yeah, it? Yeah, it's like, like the bird. You know um, what I mean? Like you're giving them the finger by doing that almost. I, totally. They, like super indirectly. But it's like to them, if they don't like you and, and then you're just being kind of the opposite of whatever they think, then it's to them. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of an idiot. It's like you want to get on the same page? Right, like you're right, wrong. Right, do you right. want to notice that? Totally. <laughs> right, 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 I just right, don't right. think most people do that. Yeah. I agree with you. I think not, that's I the best approach. It's not coming from a place of like, because I very much feel the human thing of like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. But I just think the most effective way to go about it is to be like, like, let's be normal to each other. Yeah. You know? I, I just think most people's instinct is to immediately dislike someone and then match that energy of hate that they think they're receiving from that person. Yeah. And then it snowballs into people hating each other. And then when you're like, why do you hate them? You're just like, I don't know, like three years ago, like I saw a tweet. And just... You know, the scenario which I actually think it would snowball more is if I heard someone was talking shit about my friend, I would be a lot less willing to like, be go in like more open-minded sure. like i'd be pleasant to them i wouldn't try to start shit but if they were talking <laughs> shit about my friend i would really like clock absolutely well the difference between that oh you're gonna say something no i i think i i would agree with that i also think for me if somebody doesn't like me or they don't i'm not their cup of tea okay great you're not worth my time i'm not really going to give you the time of day to be rude or give you the energy or whatever but if you're rude to my friend, I have no tolerance for that. Like, I don't. If I hear you talking about my friend negatively, like, that's when I'm a little, I have a problem being more, yeah, like, more out unbiased, a little bit. you know? If you don't like me, it's like, okay, whatever. You don't know me. I, I, I really don't care. I'm not going to take part or have an interest in getting to know you because clearly, like, your view of me is so skewed. And I, I really don't have any... I think like when I was younger, I used to have more of a desire to change people's perspective on me. Now I don't at all. I really don't care. But for my friends, I'm so protective of the people that I love that I'm like, oh, if you're being negative, absolutely not. You're done. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with both of you. If it's about me, if I have the opportunity, I'll show them that they might be wrong. And if it's about my friend, I'll tell them that they're wrong. Yes. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, that thing you said. Let's talk about it if it's about a friend. On the topic of shit talking, I thought mm -hmm. it was really interesting in the moment when Kate and Shanae are having their conversation, which didn't need to happen, right? Do we agree that like Kate did not need to talk to Shanae in that moment? I agree. And I didn't. Sure. Yeah. But like, did we like when Kate went back to talk to Shanae? Yeah, like, or is that still the same conversation? I honestly couldn't. I didn't tell. think. Because no, Shanae definitely went up to them first, right? Well, no, but Shanae went up. To Logan mm -hmm. and was talking to Logan. I thought there was no need for Kate to go up to. Yeah, it had nothing to do with it them. It was, was uh, it was it was literally digging the knife further. Also, yeah, like twisting it. And yeah. and Shanae had every right to be like, "You fucking talk shit at Fr." And when and when Kate was just like, "That's different," I was like, "How is it different?" That's what I was going to bring up. Like, did you agree with her line of logic? Where like the way Kate justified it, she was like, "That's a WWE snack SmackDown. We're there to bring up drama from the season." Versus this is like we're all going in with like a new agenda. No, she's t well. First of all, Kate just acknowledged that she's full of shit, <laughs> right? If best case scenario, Kate was Kate was saying, "I'm a disingenuous person. I said things because I thought it was going to give me TV time." That's best case. Worst case is. I'm a mean person who's going to say nasty things and I don't know who you are. Because Kate was making judgments about Shanae's character, most of which she wasn't even present for. She just watched. Well, I think it's, I think best case scenario is Kate being like, this is the place to air out dirty laundry. 
Like I got some dirty laundry. AFR is the place. But she didn't even is the laundromat. have that many. She didn't have that much laundry. But then when they replayed the clip, I was like, damn, that was harsher than that's I what remember. I'm saying. It, wasn't, it wasn't laundry. Well, she was like, were you she locked was... in a closet? I was like, Ooh. that's what I'm saying. She she wasn't airing on dirty laundry. She was just talking shit and being mean. And she was acknowledging that I was there to talk shit and be mean. I wasn't there to articulate an actual thought or a feel. I, you know, because like, that's what I'm saying. In my mind, Kate saying that it's one of two things. Either she thought Shanae was a horrible person and she was justified for saying these things about Shanae. And it's like, fine. If you, if that's how you feel, then it's how you feel. You, I don't agree with you. And I think it's kind of mean, but like, whatever you speak your truth. But Kate was just more like, well, no, it doesn't count because I'm fake. I'm I I was doing it to get here on the beach, but now that here I'm on the beach, now it's I a different scenario. I see what you're saying. I see both sides of it. I do see that it is it can come off that way, but also I do agree with it. It is it is context. It's time and place. And if you're saying all those things in that setting, it's not at, it's not out of pocket. I think it just doesn't qual- disqualify what Kate said. Kate was trying to disqualify it, being like, "Well, that just doesn't count." Yeah, that was like, like immunity. I mean, yeah. It's like, how do you get immunity? It's like, it's like, yeah, it's not business. It's personal. It's like, well, it's personal to me. You know, like you, you're literally talking about me on a national platform about my character. So, yeah, no, yeah I it think, still I, counts, you know. And it feels kind of, because well, here's my thing with Kate is that I really saw the connection with her and Logan. I thought they had phenomenal banter, yeah. so much chemistry. I also thought the way she talked to Jacob was really emotionally mature. She started by saying genuine things that you could tell she really liked about him by validating that like they did have something going on, but by like describing what that was and describing why she wanted to move on with another connection without blaming him for anything he did. Like, I thought Logan's big mistake was that he was starting to blame Yeah, what Shanae the fuck was that? When mm. he was like, well, you went on a date with you. And it's like, no, just say I have a different connection. Totally. Thank you for reminding me that. What do you think? Oh. Go. No, uh, I was just going to say, I. That's what, that's what like shocked me, I think, more than anything was he came across as so sweet and genuine and like really wanted to get to know her and then the second when they were having that conversation he kind of was just like dumping it all on her and like well you did this you did this you did this and it's like well would you say that if like like I just feel like the scenario and and if she hadn't come back and tried to like start this fight he just wouldn't have said all those things yeah just own your feelings Logan right everything he started with seemed fine I like I have it she makes me feel seen and heard great it doesn't really you know semantics whether like Shanae was like, well, I've made you feel seen and heard. It's like, well, it's not really your place to tell someone else how you made them feel. Yeah. Nevertheless, she, that the, I blame Logan for Shanae's reaction as much as Shanae because like she, he did accuse. Yeah. Like own your feelings. Hey, I just have a stronger connection. I like her. You know what we had, I thought was great. But like, and I did think about you, but like, I, this is really something I feel like I've been looking for and you're so great and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, bringing up like, well, and if I'm being, if I'm keeping it real, you did this exact same thing to me, which means like, as soon as you start blaming someone, as soon as, as, soon as you started blaming Shanae, that made, that, that ruined his credibility. Because when you start blaming someone, you're defending something. And then I'm thinking, well, what do I, why are you defending it? What, what's the reason you feel the need to defend your actions? Because like defending how you feel, like there should be no need. I feel this way about this person. I like them. I have feel connected. There's nothing to describe. Clearly, I mean, once you get past the hurt, the other person's going to be like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't like them more, you know? But when you start saying, well, this behavior without that you're not accusing me of, that you've said nothing to me at this point, I'm going to start defending by pointing out a behavior you did to me. 
you're Logan's literally saying I'm guilty of the same behavior of kind of being a fuck boy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, or why not, bother? or not communicating in the way you need to communicate yeah. for a relationship to be successful. Exactly. He it's was, a, he was calling two. himself out by blaming Shanae for things that he thought she did. I also felt bad for Shanae because I think it was it was kind of this perfect storm of like a bunch of new women, a lot of whom were on Shanae's season and still very much had this old view of her. And then her facing rejection after like being a really hot commodity in paradise. Like it would be fair for her to be a high horse, like be on a high horse. A lot of people showed interest in her. But then when like the rug gets pulled out from under her, she has a lot like long farther to fall. And so she comes back. There's all these people who still have this other narrative of her. And I thought I didn't think she handled herself that badly. Like, no, yeah, she was upset, but it felt like they were trying to provoke her. Almost. Well, and it was I was thinking about that when, you know, she and Kate are having that conversation on the beach and all the other women are watching it. And they're like coaching from the sides of like, Kate, get to higher ground. Like you're shorter than her. Da, 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 acting as if Shanae is still like this villainous person. And I'm like, Shanae just got the rug like ripped out from underneath her. She is currently left with no one. And yet they're acting like she's literally about to punch Kate in the face and that Kate is the one who needs to be like protected and on higher ground and everyone's still so much team Kate. I just think it was such a move to stir the pot by Kate going up to her. I just feel like there's legitimately no reason. Yeah, to, I think I she was kind of and Kate 100%. told on herself in the interview where she was like, "Yeah, there's a little part of me oh, that feels proud." One hundred percent. That I kind of won up to her, like I won this battle. Low character moment. She told on herself. She, yeah, she she acknowledged that I got satisfaction from someone else's pain. Yeah. Which is like again, Gross. it's like it's it's human, but it's like really unbecoming. Like it's not a happy part or like positive, mm -hmm. beautiful part of being human. It's one of the ones that I feel like you kind of work on right. managing and controlling. Yeah, not like not proudly admitting on national television. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Not everything needs to be said. Like be coy about it. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But recognize that that's not like a cute trait. So just keep it to yourself. And also there's a lot of talk about pitting women against each other. And yes, there's definitely ways that like structures and institutions can do that. But I also think there's like a personal level of responsibility of not like pitching yourself against another woman and making it this competition that you win. Wait, can I just say one thing? By all before means, we... You can say three things. I have it on, like somewhere on my phone. Um... I just thought like this interaction and this is the same thing uh, talking about Jacob again, just how he communicates, I think is so funny when Jill came back and she was like so excited to see him and whatever they have the little hug and you could tell he was super hoping that she had found somebody oh. else and was like, so like, I'm sure you have so much to tell me. Like, did you find someone else? And she's like, no, no. Like, what about you? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Same, same, honestly, same. And I was just dying. It was really like, endearing. Uh, that was my favorite part. It was some other couple did that too when they were like, so tell me about, oh. Uh, Aaron and Genevieve or? No, uh, uh, Brittany, Brain and, Brittany and. Uh, Andrew. Andrew. They they had that too. Brittany was like, so like before we I get tell you like what's, what's been going on here? Like which, uh, who you've been fucking, you know? Like, <laughs> like he, she definitely, yeah, it was just very relatable in terms of, but yeah, it was just funny to see people like, Wanting to find out, like hoping that they were actually hoping. making moves. Exactly. Versus like the Genevieve and Aaron, which that was a very sweet moment for between I those cried. two. Like, it I was cried. A, that was so <laughs> the music sweet. got me. It was a, it was a sweet moment. Like the to feel to to have that fear, like that must have felt like a, a real strong hit of drugs. 
Yeah, especially because I feel like their relationship is so based on them wanting to meet each other's needs. Like, it's not like they have this insane interpersonal chemistry that I saw that kicked things off. I think it started from a place of, like, Genevieve being like, this is how I receive love. And Aaron being like, hell yeah, order up. And now it feels really good to see him continue to do that on a larger scale. Yeah. Chanae also was a perfect example. And I think she just you know, threw what happened with Tyler and Brittany and then Logan for people out there wondering like why is your ex back this was like watching and in paradise in general i think is is showing you what's really going on when you're wondering why your ex came back from the dead after they were so convinced that you two shouldn't be together or that they moved on and paradise is showing like the behind the scenes of what's going on with your ex when they when they go after someone else or they get broken up with like shanae wanted it. she was she was all in for tyler i mean she made they made it seem like she was ready to like boom boom room it and like consummate that relationship then she was she fighting with tyler or was she fighting with britney behind closed doors when we did like didn't have access to the she was yelling with genevieve she was yelling with genevieve they made it sound like she was in a fight but then later they show it and it's like her and genevieve like hyping each other up being like yeah no fucking way like you know like really kind of <laughs> okay getting it going <laughs> yeah and then she comes back to Logan and she's just like, you know, I just realized how much I missed you when I was gone and like how much of our connection was. It was just so like, oh my God, like you didn't, right. you, you were hoping at one point he was making moves with other people. Right. And just because then it didn't work out for you, you're like, oh, well, I'm back. Yeah. You know? And I believe in the thing about Shanae, and then this is not a criticism of Shanae. Again, I think this is just very real world relatable, is that Shanae was very convincing. Shanae convinced herself she completely forgot about the Tyler of it all and just con like she was genuinely sad and genuinely worried about Logan's connection. She was genuinely fearful that he had moved on. But moments earlier, she was hoping it was she she he was like hooking up with someone else because she didn't want to have to come down and be like, so um, here's the thing. Uh, and I think it's this kind of uh, it's a great reminder of of why people actually come back, uh, even though when they say they had to realize what they lost, et cetera, et cetera. Johnny and, and Victoria. Victoria will end with that. What is the checklist, Victoria? <laughs> I kind of liked. I mean, you know what I really liked I about this conversation? Valid. I think I thought they were both valid. I thought it was mm -hmm. so relatable. Yeah. Because he's seeking to understand, like, what is it about Alex? That yeah. makes you be able to picture a life with him so easily. But I feel like, did she not kind of say that? Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I again, To an I extent. I truly thought, I really, when they were both talking, I, I was, I was thinking that's, that's a valid question or that's a valid fear. That's a, and then, then the person responded, I'd be like, that's a valid, you know, Victoria would respond with be like, I'm just trying to figure this out because, you know, Johnny was talking about chemistry. Mm -hmm. Victoria was talking about compatibility both important i would argue compatibility is more important but like uh they both yeah. have their place i agree with johnny like what do you mean checklist like what's the checklist you know like i don't want to be falling in love with off a checklist i don't think having a checklist when you're picking a romantic partners all that helpful anyways i was very much team johnny there but when victoria it was just like trying to like articulate certain valid concerns and listen if you like what do you want to do with your life where do you want a career it sounds like johnny has doesn't have a lot of answers in that department and he's young and he'll figure it out. I have no doubt. But like, if you are someone who's decided that a non-negotiable for them at this stage of their life is 
I want someone who's like ready to settle down and have kids and support a family and 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 not have to figure out some of these other things that I maybe Victoria spent a lot of time figuring out and maybe she really struggled with. And she's just like, want someone who's ready because like, you know, when I was younger, younger me wanted to be like, love conquers all and it just doesn't matter where we're at. We'll figure it out. And like, unfortunately, like practical matters matter. You know, and those things can be non-negotiable. So Victoria had a right to like ask these questions. I think it was both valid and both like very relatable. I I think that Johnny maybe was taking the checklist as, oh, well, he just marks all these boxes for you, but do you feel something for him? And I don't think that Victoria would, you know, go all the way getting engaged with someone that she didn't feel that way towards. But it's, you need to have both. There needs to be obviously chemistry, but there also needs to be, are we on the same page of life? Do you want kids? Do you want to get married? Do you have a career? Can you support yourself? Like these things, which I think are 1000% valid and compatibility. And that is, I really believe like the longevity of a relationship. You know what I mean? So I think it's super valid. And I think she was also kind of saying, I don't feel comfortable probing for chemistry, seeing if it's there until I've had this conversation with Johnny because it feels like cheating. So while what I can feel like emotionally ethical doing is like talking to this person about their future, like their wants, like those compatibility things that aren't like raw, romantic, we're flirting stuff and then be like, okay, there's a lot there that I might like to explore, but like out of integrity and like, just like I owed to Johnny a conversation before I fully like dive in there. Yeah. I, and, and I, sorry to interrupt, but okay. I also think it's fair to make sure that those qualifications are met before you're diving into that sort of totally. romantic chemistry with somebody else because then you do end up falling for someone and then you guys don't match up and it's like the worst heartbreak. So I think it's super fair of her to go on this date, figure out what he's about, go back to Johnny and say, look, this person is willing to give me all the things that I want. I want to be able to explore this. I also want to explore things with you. And her kind of asking him, like, tell me, like, what are your passions? What are your goals? What are things that you want to accomplish? She was giving him the opportunity to speak on that. And he was dodging. 100%. I I thought, Victoria, the way she handled it was one of the more mature ways we've seen on Bachelor in Paradise. Because everything you just said, Natasha, it's just like, it's not the norm. Not the norm is to make sure I have chemistry with this person, make sure I have this intangible, and then figure out whether they're compatible. And probably because Johnny was in the picture, but like I feel like we should do this more often, even when there's not someone in this picture, is actually making sure there's something there first and then explore. And like when there was someone there, like Victoria did, she did the more mature and thoughtful thing, which is, you know, she owed it to herself to like challenge her relationship with Johnny against other options. Because like in a in a world where the expectation to get engaged in three weeks is there, you need to test that relationship in non-traditional ways. And and you need to be able to see if you could have something else with new people coming in with a, without maybe crossing a line or a boundary of a kiss and, and things like that, which I loved how even Alex and Victoria just like talked about that, but like recognized that they wanted to be respectful and thoughtful of other people. I thought they, I, I thought Alex, Johnny, and give Alex credit too. I think they all kind of were just enjoyable and healthy to watch in this in this dynamic. And props to Victoria again. Cancel her hometown on Peter's season. Never would have thought this for her. 
you know? I thought she handled it really great, in my opinion. I was very impressed. And yeah. I, yeah, part of the reason I was so impressed by it was because I, it felt so relatable of like, I think there were a few times where Johnny was like, what do you mean? What do you want? And I think she was honest about being like, wait, I don't know. Like, because it is so hard to untangle your feelings in that scenario. And I just thought she was so good about like, even though she didn't have all of the answers quite determined, she was really open and she did it with like good faith and like, being proactive, which meant it was okay. Yeah, and sometimes Johnny was Johnny was watching it, walking a dangerous line of asking her questions to answers he didn't want to hear, depending on what those answers were, because like he was answering answering those direct questions where, what if she felt some chemistry with him? What if she wanted to kiss him and things like that? And but she was just trying to be respectful to Johnny, you know what I'm saying? Like he, she was pushing him for maybe an answer that she, he wasn't going to want to hear. But it's just kind of interesting how we do that sometimes. But like, and again, props to Johnny where he's just like, I don't know if I don't want to watch you figure this out in front of me. But then he's, then you see him trying to challenge himself to do that, knowing that it's like, I don't know, I like this girl. So I'm going to push, I'm going to try to get out of my comfort zone, even though my comfort zone tells me to run. I do agree. I think that, yeah, it is obviously very challenging to watch. So props to him for being able to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this, especially if you do feel so strongly for somebody as he says that he does. I think also if it was, if she had done it in a disrespectful way and kind of was like flaunting her new relationship, I feel like that would be just a no brainer for him to go like, peace, I'm out of here. This is not for me, even though I like her. But the fact that she came at it with such maturity and was really asking the tough questions of like, hey, this is, what I want, this is, these are my expectations. This is what I'm looking for. I think it kind of, I don't know, it set the tone where it made it appropriate for this to happen, even though obviously it's, you know, not enjoyable for Johnny. Final thoughts. Do we think Victoria is going to pick Johnny or Alex? And who, who would you pick for Victoria? And who do you think she's going to pick for herself? I feel like she's going to pick Johnny and I want her to pick Alex. Why and why? Why do you think she's going to pick Johnny? I feel like Johnny, it's just like there is that magnetic quality that brought her to him to begin with. Clearly, she is still so invested in him to the point where she wanted to have this conversation with him. She's not willing for it to just like she's willing to work through all of these potential issues or apprehensions that she has because she is so interested in him. But I do. I see what she is. See, like, I see the logic of, you know, Alex is older. He's ready. He has all this stuff lined up. They call him wealthy. God, that's a sexy adjective. I but would also, love like, to date someone who's wealthy. A wealthy man. <laughs> wealthy. Wealth. Wealthy? Meanwhile, Jill, did you hear Jill's comment about Jacob when she was like, he's a Lyft driver who sold his couch for cash. Okay. But honestly, <laughs> but then I thought, that's what you should do when you're getting broken up. Like, good right, for, you know, right like nothing about. against Jacob, but like that she's supposed to focus on all the things that she's not going to miss about the guy. Also, did she mean to say like sell his cow for cash? Like, Couch. isn't there an adage Couch. where it's like, don't sell the cow, yeah, there sell is the an milk ad. or something? I thought she was trying to go somewhere with that. Maybe. <laughs> and that wouldn't blow my mind yeah. if Joe messed up a uh, saying. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's my prediction for Victoria. Okay. Oh, yeah, I would also pick I would definitely pick Alex for her. And just to shake things up, I'm going to say she picks Alex because she also said he reminds her of her exes. And even though that seemed like a big reason she was trying to repel, I think ultimately you probably revert, especially when you're confused. I think you revert to patterns. I don't know. I think it's hard because so often we leave with our heart. (laughs) Um, So there's a big part of me that thinks she'll 
pick Johnny, but also I could see her being logical and going with Alex. I personally think I would pick Alex. I feel like being smart with your head and leading with all of the, I don't want to say the facts, but just things that are concrete in terms of compatibility, things can grow on that. But also I have no idea. I feel like uh, the chemistry between her and Johnny is so much stronger. I haven't seen like too much of that with her and Alex, but it's just because given the circumstance, there hasn't been like too much to allow. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I agree with Allie. I think she'll pick, I think she'll pick Johnny. I think she's going to pick Johnny because she's just had way more time with Johnny and she's had one date with Alex. And I think, and I think that's where her struggle comes in. She has all this actual tangible time with Johnny and that makes sense. She can make sense of that. I know him better because I've spent more time with him. Alex has all this information that she trusts logically about like what he could be, but that's all potential, you know, and it's both potential, but I think she's, I think if she had more time with Alex, if Alex was on the beach the same time as Johnny, I think she goes Johnny. I mean, I think she goes Alex all day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But if Johnny and, uh, and uh, Victoria are in love. What, what the fuck do we know? Yeah. You know, what the fuck do we know? Uh, Natasha, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Please let my audience know more about your music. I have two songs out right now, Life in Hawaii and Her Instead. Both you- very good. Thank you so much. Um, and you can find them everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music. And my EP is coming hopefully in the new year. So Yay. that's something to look forward to. What was your music inspired by? My breakup. Both of them? Or the most latest one? Uh, Both of them about the same guy breakup happened a few months ago. Okay. How's he feeling about that? I don't know. We are on no contact terms, but don't care. Healthy. Love that. I want a song written about. Do like, you know, with Taylor Swift's new album coming out, there's always like trying to figure out who's the guy. And then there's always like the fan base is generally throws shade towards the guy. But it's got to be kind of cool to have a song written about you. That is what I'm curious. I'm like, does it boost your ego a little bit? I like mean, to a certain extent to be like, oh, you well, obviously you cared that much about me to write a song, of course. But I'm like, what like if you got a song written about you, like what what would your reaction be? Even if it was negative, because mine, I, I mean, think, my latest one's pretty negative. I think I think I would find a way to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. My ex, obviously, like he is in no way a famous or well-known musician, but he was a musician and he wrote I kept being like, write a song about me. And he writes a lot of like depressing, sad songs that are very self-deprecating. He did write one happy song about me finally after like over a year. And it was good for the ego. And now I'm actually more excited to hear how if I were to be mentioned or alluded to in a song post breakup, I feel like that would be especially because it's always the breakup ones where you write the most like poetic, deep, intense Mm -hmm. personal lyrics. Yeah. Anyway. Well, go check out Natasha's music. She is yes. a, a, a phenomenal singer. Thanks. If you just want to hear great music and a beautiful voice, that's where you need to go. Don't forget tomorrow, Laura Rugetti is with us tomorrow to break down Love is Blind, episodes one through seven. So start watching if you haven't been watching. Some compelling characters on there. Also, we'll be talking your latest pop culture, texting office hours, you know the drill. So be sure to check that out. Don't forget to check out Don't Text Your Ex. Happy birthday. I don't know what you've been waiting for. Uh, it's out there. Uh, the reviews, I can't uh, thank people enough for their kind words. Especially, uh, I, I've gotten, I wouldn't know I've gotten a ton of. I'm getting a lot of uh, 
I was stuck in a long situationship, and now I finally found the strength to get out of it after I read your book, which feels good. I hope there's a mass exodus of people leaving situationships catalyzed by this book. Yeah. So uh, if you are someone who's been in any type of long-term situationship, certainly this book is for you. But if you're struggling getting over an ex, if you're having a hard time, just in anything with dating or relationships, I promise you, you will find a nugget out of this book to enjoy. Uh, so check it out. Go to vilefiles.com, uh, whether it's uh, the book itself, whether you, I don't know if there's signed copies still available. Uh, audiobook, Kindle is available. Uh, you can buy it if in the UK, Canada, Australia. There's links for all those options. Amazon, obviously. And if you are someone who has purchased the book through Amazon and you've read it uh, and you want to leave a review, it always helps. We appreciate it. Uh, anything else? Go check out Natasha's new song. Bye.